Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Welcome to Stories of the Unexpected. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. In this podcast series, I tell little short stories about uh, events that have happened to me or my family members, events that are miraculous or marvelous, stories of the supernatural and the paranormal. I try hard not to exaggerate them, but to do a little bit of research and ask my friends and family members again of exactly how they perceive things and how things happened, uh, because it's always interesting to me to ponder those things which are uh, greater uh, things in heaven and earth that are greater than our philosophy, as, as Hamlet said to his friend Horatio. This story I entitled, My Sister and the UFO, and it happened like this. My sister was married to a potter, and uh, they were living in South Carolina, and they would travel around North and South Carolina to go to different craft shows. Uh, And they would travel together, and he would set up his pottery, and she would help to sell uh, the craft work and and make some money for their family. And they would sometimes be out traveling from one craft show to another on a weekend uh, with all of their wares. And they say that they were traveling back from Greensburg, North Carolina, Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, they were headed into South Carolina uh, to go to another show in Columbia. And so they were traveling traveling along a country road, uh, and they said it was about nightfall. It was dusk. uh, And as they were driving along, um, just talking in the car and and talking about family and friends and and, uh, sharing about their their time together, they were traveling along this country. country road, the lights came on and they traveled a little bit further and noticed that there were very few other cars uh, on the road. But it was still light enough to be able to see uh, the countryside around them. It wasn't dark yet. And as they traveled south, they saw off to the left-hand side uh, a water tower. And this water tower was uh, the height of most water towers uh, here in the south. It was round, spherical in shape, or or perhaps oval, uh, as they saw it from a distance. And uh, as they got closer, they saw that the water tower was still there. But 
um, as they approached closer, they saw that through the pine trees, and uh, I should say in this part of uh, the Carolinas, there's a lot of low-lying land and, and uh, pine forests, pine barrens. Uh, as they got closer, they saw that um, there was not actually uh, anything supporting what they thought was a water tower. Instead, uh, it was hovering um, a good distance above the tree line, above the height of, of, the, of the pine trees. Well, uh, they went silent and were totally amazed by what they saw. And what is that? They said, what is that? Uh, and my brother-in-law said, it's a UFO. Don't be silly. Uh, it can't be. But there's nothing holding up. And then uh, as they watched, um, it began to move uh, in the opposite direction from the direction they were traveling. It began to move north slowly at first. And they pulled the car over and put the windows down to look at this more closely. Uh, it was just across the, the, the other um, three lanes of the highway on the other side. Uh, and they said there was no sound. But it came down and hovered above, just above the pine trees, uh, maybe just a little bit low, uh, below the pine trees. Uh, and then it began to move more rapidly to the north uh, in the opposite direction that they were traveling. So my brother-in-law put the car into gear and drove rapidly uh, south, looking for a place to do to do a U-turn and chase the thing. So they, they got into the northbound lane and, and chased uh, as fast as they could, but by the time they got back to where they had seen it, uh, it had vanished. So they turned around and, and continued their journey again in, in the same direction, asking themselves, what did we see? And there was a great time of silence and wonder um, at what they'd seen. And to make sure that they weren't, one of them wasn't sort of hallucinating differently, or they described what they'd seen, and their description was the same. It was a spherical or uh, at times oval object with a ring of lights around it, and that it moved very rapidly uh, with no sound and no form of propulsion. There were no wings, uh, and they had decided that they, they witnessed and saw a UFO. Now, I asked later, what did they make of that? What, what did they think they'd seen? And naturally, we the mind goes uh, for natural explanations first. And um, my brother-in-law said, well, you know, uh, Fayetteville in North Carolina, that's not far away from Shaw Air Force Base. Maybe it was some kind of um, Air Force um you know, experimental vehicle of some uh, aircraft of some sort. Uh, I don't know. He said, I just don't know. I, it was literally an unidentified flying object. I, we don't know what it was, but we both saw it uh, and we both testified to what we saw. Well, it raises the interesting question, what are these phenomena exactly? Because they do actually occur um, from time to time in an unpredictable way um, around the world in many different cultures from very many different people. And some people would jump to the conclusion that these are diabolical forces. These are the manifestations of devils or demons. Uh, there's something diabolical about it. Well, you know, it, it's very easy when there's something we don't understand to ascribe it to the work of the devil. Uh, it may, of course, be a diabolical um, manifestation of some sort. We, we don't know. And um, we therefore should not jump to any dogmatic conclusions. We don't rule out the possibility of demonic or diabolical influences, but we have to also consider uh, other possibilities. And one of the things, the books which has intrigued me uh, on this uh, 
in this sort of area of the paranormal manifestations is a classic book on this subject, which is by uh, a guy called Patrick Harper, an Englishman called Patrick Harper. That's H-A-R-P-U-R. And the book is called Daemonic Realities. Uh, not demonic, daemonic, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-C, daemonic realities. And Harper is very influenced by the um, thought of uh, the psychologist Carl Jung and the idea of the collective unconscious. And the collective unconscious is the theory that there is a a realm of memory or imagination, uh, uh, a realm that is below language that we all connect to in our shared humanity. Thus, the collective unconscious um, is what Jung called it. And this is a uh, a deep uh, well within each one of us as individuals that uh, is shared, if you like, by uh, all human beings and all human beings down through history. And that uh, Harper's theory is that it is out of this shared imagination or this shared area of our uh, psychology that these different manifestations um, appear and that he doesn't say they're unreal. He doesn't say that they're just a figment of our imagination. Uh, he has a more interesting theory. He says that um, they are uh, manifestations from a world that is real, but it's not real like our physical world. And it's it's also not real like the, the supernatural world of heaven or hell or the angels and demons. Um, instead, it's a kind of netherworld. It's, it's a world which um, has a reality of its own, which can sometimes manifest in our physical world as something that we see, uh, or even something that, uh, that leaves a trace behind, like a footprint or a burn mark or a singe mark or something like that but that we would never be able to capture it. So he says, you, you might be able to take a picture of the Loch Ness Monster, but you'll never capture one. Uh, you might be able to see the footprint of an abominable snowman, but, but you will never put one in a zoo because they don't exist in that kind of reality. They exist in another kind of reality, which can sometimes leave imprints or, or footprints in, in this realm uh, of our physical realm. Uh, and this is why it's so intriguing, because through this, we're connecting with another realm of being, which is different from this one and which is inexplicable to science because it, you can't use the scientific method of of testing and discovery because that can only ever deal with the things in this physical realm what do i think of this theory well i i don't know um it doesn't contradict anything in the catholic faith um but it also um doesn't prove anything it, it remains a, a theory it remains a, a form of speculation uh and it reminds us, therefore, as we're looking for explanations, as we're looking for answers uh, to the paranormal, to the miraculous, to the marvelous, that we should never rule out uh, the the supernatural intervention. We should never uh, rule out these things. But we always, of course, look for a natural explanation first. Uh, but we're also open to psychological and to spiritual explanations, which are beyond our immediate understanding and beyond our immediate uh, dogmatic understanding of things. Well, this has been another episode of Stories of the Unexpected. I hope you appreciate them. Uh, there are a time when we can uh, explore uh, that other realm. And I would remind you that the best way to access that other realm, of course, is through liturgy and through prayer and worship. That is the way God has given us and the church has given us to actually um allow ourselves to go safely into that um, deep, dark area, uh, which we uh, might call the collective unconscious, and also into that glorious area uh, where uh, the Lord reigns forever and ever, and we can connect with him uh, through divine worship and our prayer 
realizing that we are beings uh, with physical bodies, but we all have also have souls. We have that part of us which connects with the eternal. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Wojtyla of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English language publication of this important work. In this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time, 13 brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings, that's J-P-I-I-Teachings, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before